Can you solve the mystery of Echo Lodge before it's too late? Strange things are happening at your Aunt Sadie's ski lodge. Either someone is trying to put your aunt out of business, or the ancient curse of the Paiute Indians is working its evil. It's up to you to get to the bottom of things. But before you have a chance, two strange men with a gun at your back force you into a boat. If you decide to escape by jumping into the water and swimming for shore, turn to page 90. If you decide to stay in the boat and try to outsmart them, turn to page 110. Be on the lookout. Echo Lodge is surrounded by danger. You may be attacked by a killer hawk, get trapped under a roaring avalanche, or save the day by solving the mystery. What happens next in the story? It all depends on the choices you make. How does the story end? Only you can find out. And the best part is that you can keep reading and rereading until you've had not one, but many incredibly daring adventures. You're the star of the story. Choose from 23 possible endings. Choose your own adventure, book number 42, The Mystery of Echo Lodge, by Louise Monroe Foley, illustrated by Don Hedden. Welcome to Incredibly Daring, a podcast where we read vintage choose-your-own-adventure books to each other and make generally poor decisions. I'm Connie. I'm Jeremy. I'm Jason. So, a while back uh, in book number 36, The Secret Treasure of Tibet, was the last book that Paul Granger illustrated, which is true, was his last book. Okay. But, surprise twist, Paul Granger isn't a real person. Oh. Mr. Dick Chin himself is a pseudonym. Oh. Don Heaton is his real name. The illustrator of this book is Paul Granger. Huh. Yeah. No, that little girl on the on the cover there looks exactly like a little girl from one of his original. So somewhere along the lines, he just dropped the pseudonym. He's like, yeah. Done with it. He's like, okay, these books are popular enough. I guess I'll use my real name. I think because he was at one point in time an illustrator for Reader's Digest. And I suspect that he had some sort of an arrangement with them that made it impossible for him to use his real name on other projects. Like Uh he was on salary with them or something. It still seems like a weird arrangement to have for an artist. Well, not if you're going to have a regular gig. Yeah. So I think that he was doing work on the side under pseudonyms, one of them being Paul Granger. And this is entirely speculation, by the way. I don't have anything to to base this on. It just seems strange that he uses a pseudonym for this. For a good chunk of the first. Yeah, for 13 or 14, if not maybe it's even 18 books that he illustrated up to this point. So. Well, he drives, draws a sweet falcon cougar hybrid on the cover of this one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the hell that thing is. A fooger. <laughs> it's a cougar with a falcon growing out the side of its head. Cool con. Cool con, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see, anything fun? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nick. I can't remember this guy's last name. He's got a weird last name. Cryer Kinked. Cry Warakin something. It's, that's a long, it's, yeah, it's totally crossed out, whoever owned this book. Cry Warunchinko? Cry oh. Warunchinko? That sounds better. Yeah, so Nick 
something like Cryorinchinko uh, used to own this book. It's uh, K-R-Y-W-A-R-U-C-C-E-N-K-O. Yeah. If that's you, we have your book. Thank you. You can't have it back. Nope, it's ours now. Sorry we mispronounced <laughs> your last name. <laughs> Multiple times. Multiple times. Vaguely sorry. Vaguely sorry, yes. Warning. Do not read this book straight through from beginning to end. These pages contain many adventures you can have as you try to solve the mystery of Echo Lodge. From time to time, as you read along, you will be asked to make decisions and choices. Your choices may lead to success or disaster. Your adventures are the result of your choices. You are responsible because you choose. After you make your choice, follow the instructions to see what happens to you next. Strange things have happened at Echo Lodge. You must discover who or what is behind them. Think carefully before you make a move. One mistake could be your last. Good luck. Oh, yeah, there's a diction right off the bat. Yep. A light snow is falling the December morning you arrive at the Lake Tahoe bus station. As you leave the bus, you stare at the majestic peaks of the Sierra Nevada range. This is going to be the best winter vacation you've ever had. Aunt Sadie said there'd be lots of time off from your duties at her lodge to go snowmobiling and learn how to ski. You enter the depot and look around. Aunt Sadie's bellman, Russell Leons, is supposed to pick you up. A small man is seated on a bench reading a newspaper. He's wearing a heavy plaid jacket and a cap with ear flaps, and his navy trousers have gold stripes down the legs. Excuse me, you say. Are you Russell from Echo Lodge? Yes, I am, little girl. (laughs) Okay, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Slowly, the newspaper is lowered. The man stares back at you through wire-framed glasses. He looks about 80 years old. So Sadie found me another city kid to train, Russell says. Cheap help. That's what happens when you go broke. Not like the old days. Come on. Wow, somebody's bitter. Yeah, he's a grumpy old man. You follow Russell outside and climb into an aging purple van with Sadie's Echo Lodge printed in He never admitted that he was Russell. (laughs) Nope. Nope. He never owned up to that. And we just got in a stranger's van. Yep. You climb into it. No candy even. (laughs) Well, not yet. Well, unless you count sarcasm and cynicism as candy. You do. You follow, presumably, Russell outside oh, okay. <laughs> and climb into an aging purple van with Sadie's Echo Lodge printed in gold on the side. Who's going broke, you ask, as he shifts it into gear? Sadie's going broke, Russell says. More cancellations than reservations these days. I know it's the Paiute jinx. He suddenly steers off the main highway onto a narrow mountain road. So he's one of those old racist guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the Paiute jinx, you wonder? You hesitate to ask Russell. Because he's a dick. He seems so crabby. Maybe Aunt Sadie will explain. You ride in silence, staring at the rugged mountains and deep canyons. It would be awesome if, like, Sadie's super, like, crabby, too. Yeah, like, (laughs) this is the worst winter vacation ever. (laughs) What have we gotten ourselves into? Mm -hmm. Here it is, Russell says, pulling up in front of a steep stone flight of stairs. The main lodge, almost hidden by towering pine trees, is a two-story structure of stone and redwood. A stone chimney climbs one wall, and around the main building are four small chalets. 
Their steep, sloping roofs support a heavy snowpack, and digger-sharp icicles hang from the eaves. Go on up, Russell tells you. I'll park the van. You drag your bag up the steep stairway and enter the lobby. Aunt Sadie, you call, peering around. Your aunt comes running in. Just call me Sadie, she says, giving you a hug. I'm the cool aunt. That's awful formal. (laughs) You got here just in time. My switchboard operator quit this morning. As Sadie hustles you into her private suite of rooms, you notice a small blonde woman in a red dress staring at you. Furthermore, Sadie whispers, slamming the door, last night we had a power failure and Countess Maria's diamond watch was stolen. Heidi and I are in desperate need of help. Okay. Sure. That's a lot of information. (laughs) What am I? Yeah. Who's Heidi? You ask Sadie. I am, growls a voice behind you. Who are you? Everyone's crabby. Grumpy adult. No shit. Yeah, Lord. Sadie seems all right. Yeah. You whirl around to confront the blonde lady from the lobby. Only she's now dressed in a purple flowered muumu and is wearing a black wig. What the fuck? <laughs> you have, you have no idea how she got into the room, or how she changed her clothes and yeah. hair, yeah. or what the fuck is going on. Yeah. <laughs> this is my niece's child. Sadie explains, here to help us out through the winter vacation. Sadie's niece's kid. Child. Yeah. So, so our so Sadie's or Sadie's like our great great Sadie's parents. niece would be our cousin. No, Sadie's niece is our mom. Because it's the niece's child. Wait, no, but isn't Sadie our aunt? That's so, what we're calling her, but, but our apparently great, she's great a great aunt. If she's our aunt, that means she's our mom's sister. Well and her niece is either our sister or our cousin traditional view of aunt but uh it could be great great aunt and we're just calling her aunt because she's an aunt where did the great aunt come from though because if i'm the niece's child so my mom is her niece so she's my great aunt this book sucks (laughs) so so, yeah where's the genealogy chart on the front of this thing (laughs) no shit no because because uh our mom is is her niece she's our she's our mom's aunt yeah but I don't know what you guys are getting that from. I don't remember that anywhere in any of this. Because she just said Oh, no. She, she, she just, just said it. <laughs> this she is said, my niece's This is my niece's child. child. Oh, she's introducing us to the Heidi. Yes. I thought she's introducing Heidi to us. Oh, no, no. And no. Heidi is our nie- her niece's <laughs> That would be child. awesome. Yeah, like, no. what's this relative I've never heard? Okay, that makes way more... I don't know okay. why my brain went the way that it went. <laughs> that makes way more sense now. All right. I mean, it still makes... They should have just said great aunt. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Drunk motherfucker. <laughs> hmm, says Heidi skeptically. Can you follow orders? <laughs> that depends on who gives them, you reply. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Snappy. <laughs> when you work with me, I give them, Heidi snaps. I am the Echo Lodge house detective. Because we need one of those at a ski resort. Well, we do now with missing jewels and... What if she's psychic? Oh, Retired from a long and distinguished career with Interpol, the International Criminal Police Commission. Okay. How the hell do we afford somebody with that background, Aunt Sadie? Well, maybe they're... That's sh- where all their money's going. I'm pretty sure oh. Heidi and Aunt Sadie maybe are shacking up. Yeah, I was I was cool. thinking maybe... Uh, She's maybe, that cool aunt. Yeah. yeah, I said maybe we... I was thinking maybe we have two aunts. Mm-hmm. Her speech is interrupted by a wailing siren. Fire, Heidi shouts. Fire in the lodge. You evacuate the second floor. I'll get the dining room. Almost like this happens all the time. Yeah. 
Heidi pushes you toward the lobby and you race up the main stairs. You bang on doors shouting, but most of the rooms seem to be empty. When you reach room 223, you hear a radio playing loudly and the sound of water running. Don't go in there. It's the that, shining. I was going to say, that should be room 237. 237. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you bang on the door. No one answers. You try the knob. The door is locked. Should you go to the desk for a key or force the door open? The siren is still screeching. If you go to the desk for a key, turn to page 12. If you force the door, turn to page 17. What exactly are we going to force the door with? Our, Our tiny strength. body. Right. Well, I'm going to say, like, I mean, you know, Hollywood logic, most likely. I'd kick but, it in. Right. But real doors aren't no. very easy to force. So that's why cops come with battering rams to yeah. get your door open. Yeah. So, you know what? I think I talked myself into just breaking through the door. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was voting for. You put your hand on the doorknob, brace your body, and slam into the panel. As you make contact, the door to 223 flies open and you nice. sprawl on the floor. We're so strong. Yes, mm-hmm. we are. Someone unlocked the door, and they did it while you were standing there. Oh. <laughs> so we're dumb. <laughs> yes. But there's no one in the room. You get up from the floor. The radio is still blaring, and you can hear water running in the shower. Quickly, you kick the room door shut. You remember that fire rule from school safety classes. I don't. Yeah, contain it by closing the doors. Yeah, have to close all the doors. Okay. Fire and you yell, banging on the bathroom door. Everyone out! There is no reply, so you push the door open. The shower stalls glass doors ajar. Water is flooding out. A feather floats on top of the water. You turn off the tap, pick up the feather, and grab a folded towel from the rack. As you toss the towel into the water on the floor, something drops from its folds. You crouch down and pick up what looks like a small piece of bone. That's when you hear it, a soft whirring behind you. Still half crouching, you awkwardly turn toward the sound. Hovering on top of the door is a gray hawk. Its amber eyes are trained on you, as if waiting to attack. Instinctively, you throw your arm up to protect your head as the bird rockets towards you. Its sharp talons tear into your arm, and you lose your balance, sitting down hard in the layer of water on the floor. By the time you get back on your feet, the bird has flown to the other room. Now we're in a Hitchcock movie. Yeah. Wrapping a clean towel around your arm, you hurry back into the room after the hawk. But the bird is nowhere in sight. You check the closet and under the bed. The hawk has disappeared. It can't be. The door is still closed and locked. The windows are not only closed, but are covered on the outside with storm windows. Suddenly, the siren stops. The lodge is quiet. And in the silence, you realize that another oddity has occurred. The radio that was blaring when you enter the room is also quiet. You leave the room and hurry downstairs. Your arm still hurts. In the lobby, Sadie is talking to a muscular, dark-haired man who looks angry. Ladies? Russell... Russell is standing beside some luggage at the main entrance. You approach Sadie. I have to talk to you, Sadie, you say softly. Not now, she replies. I'm talking to Mr. Hawkins. Sadie, this is important, you whisper. Handsome man shows up and all of a sudden cool aunt becomes less cool. (laughs) Apparently she's not so into Heidi as we thought. (laughs) She brushes your hand from her arm. You feel so helpless. Something strange is going on. You've got to find out who was booked in room 223 and who owns that dangerous bird. 
and must be caught before someone else is attacked. Should you interrupt Sadie again? You glance toward the door. Russell might be able to help. If you approach Sadie again, turn to page 72. If you ask Russell, turn to page 47. So, crabby or crabby? Well, no. If we're going to be decent wingmen, we don't want to fuck with Sadie while she's getting her groove on. That's true. And I was thinking uh, Shining Rules. Go talk to the mysterious old man. Mm -hmm. The caretaker. Yeah. The guy who killed his children and his wife. Yeah. Well, that was the old caretaker. Well, he's an old caretaker. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) This is our old Grady. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to go to Yeah, I think we should talk to Russell. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Who was checked into 223, you ask Russell? Leave me alone! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the haunted room, he says with a pleading (laughs) grin. Room 1408. (laughs) Heidi's the only one brave enough to stay in there. What do you mean haunted, you ask? Heidi stays in there? Heidi stays in there with her bird. Well, she is a detective. (laughs) Wait, does it actually say she stays in there with her her bird? No. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) I added that part. A reporter from San Francisco stayed in there last winter. He heard strange noises. Is it John Cusack? Maybe. (laughs) His typewriter was stolen. Went back to the city and wrote an awful article about Echo Lodge. Well, he can add an attacking hawk and a minor flood to the list, you say. You show Russell the deep scratches on your arm and explain what happened. As you talk, Russell's expression changes from one of amusement to concern. And what's this, you continue, showing him the tiny bone. (laughs) It's a a chicken bone? Yeah. (laughs) That's not where my mind went. (laughs) Oh, yeah. All right. Okay. That's not good. <laughs> Russell quickly reaches over and takes it from your hand. Oh. Who knows, he says. A broken piece of plastic from something. A, if, yeah. What? A broken piece of plastic from something. That's what that bone is. He forces a grin. Maybe you hit your head when you fell on the wet floor. Instead of seeing stars, you're seeing birds. Then explain this, you say angrily, holding out the feather. Jacques! <laughs> His eyes dart from the feather to your face. Just a feather, he says, reaching for it. You pull your hand back before he can take it. I know it's a feather, you say disgustedly. Obviously, you're not going to tell me what's going on. I'm going back up to 223. Somebody has to look for that bird. Why are we so convinced that he knows something? We're real focused on getting that bird, too. Because he's the mysterious old man. He's just a grumpy old man. Mm. That, too. Don't go, Russell says. It's the jinx. Let Heidi go up. What's he afraid of, you wonder? Is the room really haunted? If you go back to 223, turn to page 11. If you go to find Heidi, turn to page 80. Heidi's staying in 223. She, like, supposedly lives there. So... She would have some idea. Yeah. And she's kind of a cranky whatever, but might as well go... I mean, like, the Scooby-Doo thing inside of me wants to just go back to 223, but... I don't care. Okay. Well, yeah, the Heidi. I don't care. I don't care about the room at all. In fact, I think we should stay far away from the room. But let's go talk to the creepy lady that likes to live in that room. Yeah, let's see what Heidi's wearing now. (laughs) I didn't even think of that. Where's Heidi, you ask Russell? Probably in the dining room, he says. You hurry into the dining room. It's deserted. Wondering where to look next, you go to the picture windows that give the diners a spectacular view of the mountains. Below you is the winding road that you came in on. A car is parked at the foot of the steps. 
Someone is climbing into the back seat. It's Heidi. You watch as she pulls a blanket over herself and huddles on the floor. What's she doing? Whose car is it? You don't wonder for long. As you stand there, Mr. Hawkins storms down the steps, gets behind the wheel, and drives off. What are you staring at? You whirl around at the sound of Russell's voice. Heidi, you say. She just left in Mr. Hawkins's car. Mr. Oh, Hawkins. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Hawkins's car, he says. Did he force her to go? No, you tell him. She hid in the back seat. His face becomes a mask of fear. I told her he was dangerous, Russell says. She didn't believe me. Who is Hawkins, you ask? Hawkins is a Paiute shaman, Russell answers. A gray shaman. What's a shaman, you ask, Russell? Please explain. Book. Book. A medicine man with supernatural powers, he tells you. We of the tribe call Hawkins a gray shaman. He uses his power for evil. Wait, we of the tribe? Yeah, we of the tribe. Russell's saying he's uh, of the tribe? He must be. That's a twist. (laughs) Yeah, he's self-racist? Yeah. (laughs) Maybe we're just reading too much into... (gasps) If he's of the tribe... Maybe he's the one causing all of the problems. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe we pull off his mask and it turns out that he's the caretaker. <laughs> yes. Wait, what? <laughs> he's threatened to use the spirits against Sadie. Why? He claims she built the North Chalet on sacred ground. At one time, this was all tribal land. So we just misread all of this. Ancient Indian burial ground. Mm-hmm. Well, we thought that Sadie was totally into Hawkins, but apparently they're our rivals. Yeah, arch nemesis. You don't really believe we in this. We suck at this. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're not the detectives. Heidi is. So. Yeah. All right. You don't really believe in the supernatural and spirits and shamans and all that, do you? You ask him. I do, he replies, and so should you. The hawk that attacked you. That was Hawkins's spirit bird. Okay. It is through the hawk that he gets his power, he pauses. Hawkins claims immortality. But that's unreal, you protest. That which is unreal is also real, Russell says. <laughs> wow. I want that on a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, why does Sadie let him stay in Echo Lodge, you demand? Fear, he replies. Last year, when she refused him a room, the roof on the East Chalet collapsed. Well, I don't believe in gray shamans or pink shamans or... Neither does Heidi. That's why she's in danger. Interpol tactics cannot stop a gray shaman. (laughs) Then what can, you ask sarcastically. Only another shaman, Russell replies seriously. Are you another shaman, Russell? You stare at him and slowly the realization sinks in. I am a shaman of the Pitt River tribe, Russell says, (laughs) nodding. Of course you are. His gray eyes lock with yours. I'm going after Hawkins, but I'll need help to rescue Heidi. Will you come? If you agree to go with them, turn to page 101. If you decide not to go, turn to page 68. I just like the fact that this grumpy, old, mysterious shaman caretaker man needs the help of a eight-year-old. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how this book blindsided us so much. <laughs> There's that, too. Like, all of this is coming out of left field. Uh Uh-huh. Our read on this was so off. Oh, way off. (laughs) Okay, so... Go with them or stay. Staying seems boring. Yeah, it does. Although that ghost in the bar might mix us a drink. (laughs) (laughs) Lloyd? Lloyd. (laughs) Oh, God. Is going to see Lloyd an option? (laughs) 
Uh, I'm going to see Lloyd right now. <laughs> okay, so you want to go with him? You don't want to yeah. see? Yeah. All right. I don't honestly have an opinion on this one. Okay. I'm not terribly fond of either choice, so I'm <laughs> I'm Fine. willing to defer to Jason on this one. Okay, so we're going to go with him. Yes, I'll go with you, you tell Russell. You grab a jacket and follow him out to the van. Snow is falling and the sky is dull gray. You ride without talking, watching the windshield wipers push aside the wet snow. The old van labors as it climbs the steep and narrow mountain road. There are many questions in your mind, some that you're afraid to ask. Finally, you break the silence. Where are we going, you ask? To Echo Summit, Russell replies, above the lodge. How do you know that's where Hawkins will be? I overheard his final words to Sadie, he said. Swiftly, the white bird flies at night. That doesn't tell me anything, you say. What do you think it means? Russell pulls into a rest area and turns off the motor. It means, he says solemnly, that Hawkins is going to trigger an avalanche. You feel what as the if- fuck did he get that from? <laughs> Obviously. It's a white bird. Obviously. Why are they speaking in code? That uh, they're spies. You feel as if someone has squeezed all the air out of you. And wipe out Echo Lodge, you say softly. Russell nods. We'll have to walk from here. The road above will be clogged. He reaches behind the driver's seat and pulls out some snowshoes. Put these on, he tells you. Oh, yay. Yay, snowshoes. You put on the snowshoes and follow Russell. The climb is difficult. Eventually, you reach another turnout in the road. Hawkins's car is parked off to the side. Maybe Heidi's still in there, you say, hurrying over. I doubt it, says Russell. She'd follow him as far as she could. But she has no snowshoes. Russell is right. The back seat of the car is empty. There's an old cabin up that slope, he says, pointing off to the right. I think that's where she'll be. I want you to go to the cabin, get Heidi, and go back to the van. But what about you, you ask? I'm going on to the summit to deal with Hawkins. Not alone, you protest, staring at the small elderly man. No, Russell. Don't go. We know you so well. (laughs) You've become so close over these many minutes. (laughs) You can't handle Hawkins alone. You can't stop an avalanche. (laughs) Wow. Oh, you don't know what I can do, little girl. I will not be alone, Russell says quietly. My spirit animal will stop him with me. It's a penguin. Go to the cabin now. Hurry. It will be in direct line with the avalanche aimed at the lodge. Without waiting for you to answer, he shuffles up the road. He's so old, you think, as you watch him disappear (laughs) around the turn. He's got the old man shuffle going on. (laughs) He can't handle Hawkins alone. Heidi may not even be in the cabin. What should you do? If you go to the cabin to look for Heidi, turn to page four. If you follow Russell to the summit, turn to page 64. So I've got to ask, I mean, obvious answers aside, why do we care at all about Heidi? Because she's mysterious and wears wigs and changes her clothes in like seconds. But what is what are we going to accomplish by going and finding her? We'll find out. And specifically that she's twins. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe she knows about Hawkins. She did get in the car. She may have some intel on Hawkins. Or she works for Hawkins. Why did she hide in the back of his car then? Yeah. So we wouldn't see, so people wouldn't see her driving off with him. And maybe she popped out of the car after and was like, hey, buddy, what's up? 
I think we're overthinking this. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, I don't give two craps about Heidi. So should we follow yeah. Russell? Yeah. Okay. And we're going to follow Russell. We're following Russell. You give Russell another minute's lead and then start up the road after him. When you reach the top ridge, you can see no one. Maybe you should have gone to the cabin. <clears throat> the wind whines as it whips the snow into your face. You're wondering which way you should go to find Russell when suddenly from behind you hear a shrill scream. You turn quickly and look up. The gray hawk is circling above you and with each circle comes closer. But even more frightening, you see Hawkins approaching you on skis from the far side of the ridge. You look quickly to the stand of scrub pines to your left. The trees will give you some protection from the diving hawk, but none from Hawkins. Should you try to reason with him, you ask yourself? Maybe you can talk him into calling off the bird. If you try to reason with Hawkins, turn to page 19. If you try to reach the pines, turn to page 79. This is probably the wrong decision, because I'm about to suggest it but i think that we should try and reason with hawkins because we only have this cranky old man's word to go on yeah i was gonna say we we, i mean we don't know for sure well our whole read on that situation between sadie and hawkins was that she was all into him yeah Mm -hmm. that's true i mean there was no sign of anger at the time when he was not that i saw although although to be fair the hawk that attacked us in the bathroom does appear to be the same hawk that is diving at us right now. Can you tell that? Yes. It's a hawk. I know. I can't tell two hawks apart. But why was there a hawk in the bathroom? Because <gasps> it's a ghost hawk. Oh, yeah, that's true. Because it's a haunted room. Yep. You stand steady watching Hawkins approach. Call off the hawk, you yell at him. I want to talk. Hawkins nods. The spirit hawk has yet another task to do, he says, raising his arms toward the leaden sky. Surprised and relieved, you watch the hawk immediately fly out over the canyon, higher and higher, until it disappears. I want to talk, you repeat. Hawkins glides closer. It's too late for words, he says. The white bird is already preparing for flight. His black eyes flash wildly. I think he's referring to Coke. (laughs) (laughs) The power of nature cannot be stopped. He's crazy, you think. How can you reason with a madman? If only Russell could come. What could have happened to him? Russell is also a shaman, you say boldly. He is here, now, on the mountain. He will counteract your evil. A sneer crosses Hawkins' face. The spirit hawk has been sent to stop Russell's meddling, he says. He reaches to his belt and pulls out a curved knife. Your hopes for rescue by Russell fade. Move, says Hawkins, down there. He points to a ledge below and to the left of where you're standing. The white bird will meet you there. The clumsy snowshoes make running impossible. You half slide, half walk down the steep incline. Below you on the slope is a dilapidated building. That must be the cabin Russell talked about. Beyond that is the cluster of buildings and make-up Echo Lodge. Hawkins is crazy. He's sending you directly into the path of the avalanche. You reach the lower slope and look back up at Hawkins. He's skiing swiftly off to the right. Far, far above you looms a gigantic overhang of snow. Even as you watch helplessly, the overhang breaks loose from the mountain and falls slowly, deliberately, towards the slope, where it will pick up tons of snow and continue its descent down the mountain. The white bird is in flight. The avalanche has started, and you, the cabin, where Heidi may be captive, and Echo Lodge are all in its path. How long do you have? Thirty seconds? A minute? 
You shuffle as quickly as you can to a large rock jetting from the side of the mountain. You crouch at its base, hoping for a miracle. A roaring noise fills your head as the avalanche approaches. Small rocks and chunks of ice fly through the air, bombarding you as you flatten yourself against the boulder. What if it, too, is picked up and tossed down the mountain? You close your eyes as the roar gets louder and you wrap your arms around the rock. It seems as if you are being hit on all sides by flying objects. The roar diminishes and you open your eyes. The avalanche is still moving down the mountain, but it is veered to the right. The cabin and Echo Lodge will be spared. You have been spared. Trembling, you sit down in the snow. We must go now and get Heidi, a voice says. You look up. Russell is standing over you. Still shaking, you reach out for his extended hand. He pulls you to your feet. You changed its path, you whisper, hardly able to breathe. You changed the path of the avalanche. Yeah, no shit, he told you he was a shaman. Not I, Russell replies softly, but the power of nature. Hawkins died in the evil he created in the avalanche. Wait, what? <laughs> well, that's the end of him. Off screen. <laughs> All right. What is your spirit animal, you ask, as you snowshoe towards the cabin? A penguin. <laughs> the question is barely out of your mouth when you see the snow ahead of you spattered with blood and littered with gray feathers. Leading away, <laughs> yeah. Leading away from the spot, heading towards a wooded area, are the paw marks of a mountain lion. You look into Russell's gray eyes. My spirit animal is the mountain cat, he replies softly. It killed the hawk, you say? No, Russell tells you. The spirit can never be killed. He points to the leaden sky. Directly above you, a hawk is circling. Higher and higher and flies until it vanishes. The end. So his body died, but his spirit lives. I'm not sure about this book. <laughs> Louise Monroe Foley is an okay author. Like, I don't mind her. Yeah. Some of her other books have been okay, but this one is not doing it for me. It seemed like, I don't know if we just jumped on our initial ideas about stuff and that threw off the whole book or if she just didn't describe stuff well enough but one way or another like it just wound up feeling like everything was like being sideswiped by uh -huh. new information yeah 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 every single freaking thing and like here here's a whole bunch more yeah oh thanks yeah i don't know if i would recommend this one I still might just because uh, I, I I liked the whole ski lodge thing and maybe there could have been something else going on there with Heidi, sure. you know that could have been interesting. But um, yeah, there was a lot of action, yeah. which is enjoyable. Yeah, and we just didn't get to that part, you know, because of the choices we made. Mm -hmm. Right. So no. I'd I'd probably still recommend it, but. Um, but yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. What about you? I don't know. I kind of like the action-y parts of it. That was more action than some of them. And somebody mm -hmm. died. <laughs> well, With his blood. body. His body died. His spirit was still in law. That's true. But like blood and feathers and... Maybe we'll light recommend this one. I still think I'm going to pass on this one. Yeah. Two OKs and an X? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't hate it, but I don't. I think you can probably do better. Yeah. Which is uh, just sad for Paul Granger's return to the series. Well, if you want to read more about Choose Your Own Adventure, go to cyoa.com. And to find more about us, go to incrediblydaring.com. 
guess that's it for this episode. I've been Connie. I'm Jason. I'm Jeremy. See you later. Bye.